Hello and welcome to the Monday, September 28th, 2020 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. If you're using Exchange Online or if you're thinking about switching to Exchange Online as part of, for example, Exchange 2010 sort of expiring its extended support, well, we have a great guest diary for you by Jason Dance. Jason is going over a lot of details how you can actually secure Exchange Online. That's something a lot of organizations are having problems with, how to essentially tweak some of these security settings and what they mean. Pretty extensive post, much larger than what we typically post at the Internet Storm Center with references uh, to various external guides. So take a look if you are using Exchange Online. And then we got a quick diary by Didi about how to decode corrupt base64 strings. Now, this is mostly about base64 strings that are missing the padding at the end. Well, um, you could just uh, draw an error at the padding yourself, just the necessary number of equal signs, or use a tool that is more forgiving when it comes to padding, uh, like Didier's own Base64 dump tool. And security platform provider Sam Seamless Network has published a blog post warning of a default certificate problem in FortiGate's SSL VPN product. Now, FortiGate essentially states that this is not a real problem. Users should change those certificates. There's also a warning in the admin interface that basically states you're using a default certificate. Please go out and get a real certificate for your VPN server. I feel the warning is sufficient. Sam Seamless Network disagrees with that and also states that they found over 200 implementations of FortiGate VPN that still use the default certificate. The problem with the default certificate is that, well, it's signed by FortiGate's internal certificate authority. Now, probably the larger problem almost here is that clients will happily connect as long as the certificate is signed by FortiGate or any other trusted certificate authority. And this actually is sort of a little bit of misconception sometimes with some VPN implementations. I've seen this in particular with OpenVPN, where administrators go out and get a certificate, maybe from Let's Encrypt or maybe even purchase one, but then configure their client to actually trust all certificates that are issued by any trusted certificate authority and not actually to verify the server name that they're connecting to. Sometimes in deployments like this, where you have a limited group of users connecting to a VPN server, it can actually make sense to use your own certificate authority and specifically only trust your own certificate authority, in particular, if you're also using it to authenticate users. 
So if you're using FortiGate's VPN solution, I certainly recommend that you are taking a look at the blog post, make sure that your solution is configured correctly and uses a correct certificate. Again, I don't think there's anything that FortiGate really needs to address other than uh, maybe with a little bit of more explicit notice during the configuration of uh, their VPN server. However, if you do leave the default certificate in place, then you may open yourself up uh, to a machine in the middle attack since it shouldn't be too difficult for someone to then impersonate the server. And Password Manager 1Password got together with privacy.com to integrate issuing single purpose credit card numbers within one passwords password manager this is kind of interesting there are a number of uh, credit card issuers that have or had similar systems in place but of course it was always a little bit difficult to use in order uh, to pay you had to log in to a particular website and uh, then retrieve a credit card number for the vendor that you were about to interact with this will all integrate within one password uh, by basically opening up the privacy.com API uh, to one password. And in one password, you can then also remember the credit card number for a particular vendor. So you can reuse it if you order something else for this particular vendor. They have here as an example, Netflix. So apparently, yes, it does work with repeat billing, which is another problem that some of these prior implementations of single use credit card numbers had. Well, and that's it for today. So thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.